keep having these memories. I see flashes. Oh, good for you! I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. I was walking through this city all the time, checking out the sex clubs. See, I got a huge cock. We have no idea what threats are out there. Oh, my God. We can't do this alone. We need you. I'm not what you think I am. Live from Cool Boys Center. Hold your dicks, rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. <gasps> so cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. And my work would begin that very night when I attended the rehearsal of a show the Marquis was staging at a nightclub. The rehearsal had already started when the Marquis greeted me. Excuse me, sir, there's someone here to see you. No, please, show them in. Oh, you're back in service. Yes, Hollywood beckoned and I had to answer the call. Randy, get the gentleman a chair and I'll have Davin show you his stuff. Hit the music. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk, is what Felk always likes to say, Noli. <laughs> I'm Ballard. Ah, oh, so cool. I had all that at the end. Yeah, guys, if uh, if I sound weird as Felk, it's because Felk's not here tonight. It's the first episode ever that Felk is not hosting our podcast. He is away. That's right. Dad's away. The boys will play. That is correct. Um, yeah, and so there we're doing a spoiler cast for Captain Marvel tonight, correct? Yep, Captain Marvel. And there were many reasons Felk didn't see this movie, but the biggest... Yeah, but there's one really important one. Yes, the most important reason of all is that Felk is dead. He died. Fuck. Died of... Felk's dead. He's dead of butt AIDS. He died of butt AIDS. <laughs> oh, Felk. I heard he had a huge dick. He did. Where, what did he do off the uh, the hooker's butthole? He was doing blow off a hooker's butthole. Oh, no. He 85 miles per hour on the five and died in a fiery crash of butt AIDS. Butt AIDS with a fireball. But I heard he had a freshly shaven cock. <laughs> Freshly shaven. The best. The most shaven. The freshest. Well, it, w- it would have to be if it was based off of last week's episode. We got pubes because we saw a freshly shaven cock last week from Felk. We did. So we saw his dick before he died. We did. And that was glorious. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, this is going to be weird without him. Honestly, Cool Boy Nation, this is the first episode Felk has not been a part of when we are on episode 115. Yeah. Now, I myself, I've missed countless episodes because I don't give a fucking shit. 
<laughs> but Felk is diehard and Felk never misses anything, but he has missed the Captain Marvel spoiler cast. He he has. He this is the one movie he was not invited to see. And I uh, will let you read from that any way you wish. Yeah, but you know who was invited? You and me, Ballard, and we saw it. By the way, I'd like to also mention I've been on every episode. Oh, <laughs> cool boys. My annoying voice has pierced your eardrums, cool boy nation, on every single episode. Yeah, you, you, so you were still batting 1,000. You've never missed an episode. Not yet. I think I'm batting somewhere around 750. Which is really good. It's pretty good. And also something incredibly poignant, Noli, is that this is also our first episode in a while that is a spoiler cast. We've tapered off a little bit, but we are kind of ratcheted up because we're going into fucking blockbuster season and we're going to need to slay some spoiler casts. Oh, yeah. I think this is our your first one, our first one since Aquaman and my first one since The Predator, which was back in September. Episode uh, nine. Yeah, August something. or September. Yeah, August or September. And I think I know why I haven't done it in a while, because that movie fucking kind of ruined me. <laughs> it ruined spoiler cast. It kind of did. We were kind of just like, yeah, we were all hyped for it. And that was just like a real big kind of turd. Huge turd. The yeah, biggest. And Aquaman is obviously not Too on your hot. radar. Uh, yeah, I didn't see Aquaman. And uh, that'll be a hard rental for me. Maybe even a hard HBO watch for me. So before we go and get crazy in Marvel, quick question DC-wise for you, Noli. Are you more interested in Shazam or watching Aquaman? I think I might be more interested in watching Shazam. Shazam looks fun. Will you see it in theaters, you think? Or maybe wait still? I think Shazam, I still will wait. Unless, like, the reviews and, like, you know, audience feedback is super positive and, like, it's, like, a must-see, maybe. I think it looks fun. It looks funny. I don't really like Zachary Levi, like, at all, but I could be on board with that. So, like, first little bit of feedback coming out of that for that movie is that it's really good. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So, uh, um, I I guess that's the only thing that would probably draw me to a movie. I, at this point, I'm treating DC as if I hear it's a good movie, I'll, I'm sure I'm going to go see it. Otherwise, I don't give a fuck. Well, that's a good way to see movies. It is. Uh, but that's not how I do MCU. No, it's not. We see every MCU no matter what. It's a fucking season of television, and we're in season three right now. We're hitting the uh, season finale coming up soon. But first, let's get into this episode. This episode, we will be discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we will forego our cool boy updates and get right into Captain Marvel and all the fabulous boners it has given us is what Felk always likes to say. Ooh! Got to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. Yes, baby. It's time for spoilers. Cool? Cool. So cool. Try to keep up. All right, now, Nolan, before we get into Captain Marvel, we have to do a real quick cool boy general assessment of the MCU and our kind of our opinions of it. We don't have oh, to no. go through all fucking 21 movies. Let's just go through, you know, just real fast. How do you like the MCU? I love it. What would you give the MCU out of five boys? Five out of five boys for me. I'm, I'm down for every MCU movie. I'll see everything. Yep, five out of five boys for sure for me too. I've seen them all in theaters. Um, I wish I've seen them all in a 3D IMAX, but I haven't seen yeah. them all 3D IMAX. What do you think Felk's rating would be? God bless his soul. Of this movie? No, of, uh, of uh, the MCU in general. I think he would give it uh, four out of five boys. I think, I think he, he would, would say that the strengths are very strong. 
and there are some incredible, like, you know, um, feats that the MCU has accomplished as a series and franchise of films. I would say, though, he would say that the weaker films are by far the weakest, and some of the social pandering is probably not to its benefit. Oh. Wait. Uh oh. Is that you? What's happening? Are you coming in the episode right now? Is he returning from the dead? Are you hacking and jacking? A ghost hack. She's ghost hacking. A ghost hacking felt there it is. We're hacking and we're jacking. I'm jacking it, I mean. I'm jacking it. Hack with the Cool Boys Network. Hacked all their hardwares. Softwares, firmwares, malwares, hard drives, keyboards, firewires, and modems. Just hacked in the Cool Boys podcast because they would be too cool and want to jack off real good. Ah. 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 Oh. Wow, well, that was amazing, Felt. What a wonderful hack. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to see you next time. In heaven. In heaven, yeah, when we die. <laughs> From Bud AIDS. So, Noli, you gave the MCU a general assessment of five out of five boys. That's correct. I would agree with you. I gave it five out of five boys as well. Cool. Moving I think on. it's fantastic. It's it's essentially our Star Wars. I mean, we grew up in Star Wars as little, little kids missing the first two movies. But this is our Star Wars where, like, my uncles were able to say, like, we went to the theaters. We saw these films. We went to the theaters and saw Iron Man, you know, back when we were excited to see Iron Man. And there was way too much marketing for Iron Man. Remember how they blitzed Iron Man? No. Oh, my God. Uh, cool Boy Dorn, you, you're feeling me on this. I'm sure listening to this, too, because you're probably one of the only few people that listen to a spoiler cast. Um, yeah, no, they blitzed. They, uh, the, like, the last two weeks was just, like, they essentially pushed every aspect of the movie out there. So you could, like, line up all the different, like, Yahoo movie clips. And oh, all gotcha, the, gotcha. Like, clips from, like, IMDb and whatever they were released on ING, IGN. And it was just, like, you could watch practically all of Iron Man before the movie came out. Yeah, that makes sense. They didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they, they were fucking it was a huge gamble with robert downey jr they didn't know what was gonna happen and you're right and it's kind of like come out since then like jeff bridges being the main person discussing this is that marvel didn't really know what they were doing i think john favreau's discussed this since too but they they were just improving the script they were just kind of throwing shit at a wall and see what would stick like that was that was iron man and they and apparently it was just this massive kind of build as you go film and it turned out great yeah. I think Jeff Bridges called it uh, college filmmaking. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm in the camp. It doesn't think it didn't think it turned out that great. I did like it. It's a three and a half out of five for me. I love the first half. I do not like the back half. Like, I think it's like a rush job to a finale. And that's just what happens in origin stories. Very true. So Nolan is going through the entire MCU Cool Boy Nation again before end game. And Noli, as of this uh, screening of Captain Marvel, we just saw. Where are you at in your MCU? Uh, where am I at? I think I'm at Thor, 
the dark world and I can't bring myself to watch it. So I'm at a little <laughs> bit of an impasse right now. Oh, that's crazy because that's going to be a really hard one to yeah, get through. Um, that's I a really just, boring one. Might just skip it. No, you can't skip them if you're doing the whole thing. What's the point uh, then? Yeah. I could just give you the cliff notes. I, my rating might go down. I think I'm at like a, maybe a two out of five for Thor The Dark World. Maybe a one and a half. It might go down to zero. I do not like that movie. So boring. Yeah. The action's like um, fucking like uninspired and it's fucking poor direction by Alan Taylor. He just sucks at films. I, I, I don't really care for Thor The Dark World. I really don't care for Iron Man 2. And honestly, I don't really care for Captain America The First Avenger. Oh, that's blasphemous. That's that's a oh and Doctor Strange. I really don't care much for Doctor Strange. Yeah, well, I don't have to rate all of those, but I think you're wrong on Captain America. Captain America: First Avenger is a great film. Oh, I don't. I really don't. I'm not a big fan of the First Avenger, and I but but fucking Winter Soldier is maybe the best MCU movie there is. I I have rewatched uh, Winter Soldier over this uh, the the Christmas break, and it was amazing. I, I fucking was like blown away watching it. I'm like, oh, this movie is so fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So it's so good. good. And it's Very got good. Robert Redford in it. Yeah, it's amazing. I, it's it's in my top three. So, I, I I it may have surpassed the Avengers for me, and um I don't know if it beats Infinity War. It's too it's too soon to tell. It's too soon. To tell. Too soon. Too soon. All right. It's far too soon to tell. Um, uh, what's your favorite MCU movie, Noli? Before we move on, uh, I think it's Infinity War actually. Yeah. Just because it's so the culmination awesome. of everything, and it was just it was handled. So good. It was it was fun, action packed. It was breathtaking. It was paced very quickly. So well. Um, it's and Thanos was awesome. It's I I love Infinity War. Uh, but Winter yes. Soldier's right there. Guardians of the Galaxy's right there. Uh, Thor Ragnarok's near the top. Avengers obviously is near the top. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down the whole fucking list. It'll take us forever. See, Winter Soldier to me oh, is God. like the best when they go grounded. And I might th- that might be my favorite grounded MCU film. And then I would say Infinity War might be my my favorite. Uh, MCU film that kind of is able to deal with a massive ensemble because I, I love Thanos. I, I fucking Thanos <laughs> so my anus. <laughs> I love Thanos too. Thanos. I don't know. You, you just said Thanos and I heard Thanos in my head and I just was like, I got to get this out. I got to get Thanos All out. Right. You know what else we have to get out, Ballard? What? Our rating about Captain Marvel? Yes, the movie we just saw. My cool boy rating of Captain Marvel, my quick cool boy rating of Captain Marvel is absolutely a four out of five boys. I, I fucking wow. liked it a lot. Okay, I loved cool. it. Um, I, I think I think I put Black Panther originally at four to four point five. And now I have Black Panther as a five out of five boys. Captain Marvel, I don't think is going to grow much. I think it's a four out of five boy movie. I really liked it a lot, though. OK, cool. Well, this episode should be fun, and we might have a lot to talk about because I didn't like it. I gave it a two and a half out of five boys. Oh, you hated it? Yes! I didn't yes! hate it. We'll, go, we'll get into my... You fucking hated it! Two out of five is pretty low. It's in my. It's at the bottom of the barrel for me in Marvel films. Wow, this is like... This is bad Marvel to you. Uh, no, I'll get into it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's a good movie. I Just get into it. What do you mean you'll get into it? Just oh, get into I'll it. Get into it. <laughs> I can't think of a Marvel movie more where I felt nothing. Like, really? I was never bored. And I oh, was, dude, I was right in it. And I was never excited. And I was like, this is filler for me. It was just so much filler and it was so run of the mill. Everything was so bland. <gasps> I just, I didn't think it was that good. Wow. 
Uh, you know it's what? Man of Steel all over again. It is Man of Steel. It was with Superman. She's fucking Superman, dude. It's, I love the Superman complex, and yeah. you hate it. That's well, the problem. And my wife, I saw with my wife, we felt the same. She liked it because she liked it and thought it was great for girls and everything. But she even said to me, she's like, I don't think I'll watch that one again. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll own that one. Like, I don't have any interest in watching Captain Marvel again. I'll own it. I'll own it for my daughter. I'll own it for myself. I'll yeah. own it because the MCU for sure. Um, I will say that um, I, I, and this is really, so I, we can get into this later, but I, <laughs> but I would say that uh, Captain Marvel, the character Carol Danvers, you know, Veers, yep. right. As, when she becomes binary, essentially by the end of the film, mm-hmm. um, that, that there are moments that just felt weird. It, it was like mishandled Superman. Uh, I do get that. I, uh, a lot of like the space flying, and kind of like just just flying through like you know starships and stuff like that, and being able to breathe out in space, and then and then even the very very end to really jump ahead when she throws her leather jacket on, which awesome, it looks awesome. But the reality is they've played her character's um, uh, uh, you know photon abilities, her uh, you know whatever it was, her ability to like you know blast energy. They played it as if she was like Human Torch throughout the whole movie. Like she touched a key a teapot, yeah, dude, and then heats the teapot up. Right. She touches things. She shoots power on a jet engine. It can launch a starcraft, a starship, you know, all the way into space and all the way back to the Cree planet of Hala. But but at the same time, she can put on a leather jacket made at Earth and not burn it to smithereens flying. Well, that of, felt weird to me. Yeah. One of my main things is I don't understand her power. Like you said, she she heats stuff up and then she can like shoot blasts and then she flies and then she breathes in space and she can like just like fly through things, destroy things. She's invincible. Like, I don't understand when she's flying through like the ships at the end and blowing everything up, is she just like invincible with like a force field around her of heat or something? Like, yeah. I, I don't know what, like, I don't know what her power was and they don't really explain it ever. So it's just like, they don't, she has hot hands. That's all they say. She, she is, she, she gets her power right from shooting the, uh, light, the light speed, light drive, whatever it was the hyperdrive fucking engine. And, and that's how she gets her powers. And, and it's all tied to obviously the Tesseract. Like it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't the Tesseract cause that was clearly up in, you know, the, uh, you know, project Pegasus, you know, shuttle that was circling the planet satellite, but, um, space lab, but it definitely gave her some that, you know, Tesseract definitely gave her somehow it, it's energy gave her some kind of fucking abilities that were like out of control, out of this world type yeah. of abilities. And they have room to explore those in Captain Marvel too. Unfortunately, it is. It just kind of you're like, where does this come from? At least Cal L is explained really well, and when it kind of comes into Earth, it's any of the mysticism or the things that are can't be explained can like you know you can find connections. You're not like grasping, and I did find that to be the case, especially in the third act of this story. I I, I did really like Captain Marvel though. I mean, the character Carol Danvers, uh, Brie Larson, I really liked her a lot. I thought oh. she was good in the movie. Okay. Um, Did you not? Uh, no, I thought actually I thought Brie Larson was fine. I thought she was she was good. Um, but my thing was my in the trailers I was getting scared because her voiceover was so like low energy Bad. and like she yeah. sounded like a little girl and I was like this is like who I'm going to be watching for two hours. The trailers fucked her. The marketing was horrible for yeah. her. I think I had a life here. What are you telling me? It did not make her look good. No, and right away, that was kind of put aside. Like, she she was fine to me. Like, she was like, I was like, okay, she's not as bad as I thought she was going to be. Like, and she was like, she had like, she brought the energy. She brought like a great relationship with Sam 
L. Jackson. Like that was like my favorite part of the movie. Like they had a good rapport with each other. Yeah, um, even even right away when you when you see her uh, wake up, you're right, Nolan. Like like from her dream, I was immediately like, okay, I'm actually cool with this character. And then her rapport with Jude Law as well is like as Yonrog, like that was great too. I thought, yeah, immediately. So Brie wasn't that bad, you know, like she was fine. The character though, I you know, I'm like it's like Superman. I don't really like characters like that who are just like fucking all powerful and can destroy anything. She was cocky and like kind of like Tony Stark. I can't wait to kind of see them together and butt heads and her to be like back off dickhead. Um that'll be kind of fun. But now do we have too many characters like that? Like Star-Lord and Doctor Strange and Tony Stark like I don't think so. It's a girl now, you know, and I am happy now that girls have a character to root for. That's great. That's positive. Uh, but for me, I I just wasn't buying what they were selling, really. And 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 just to be clear, Cool Boy Nation, I'm sure Noli, you know, enjoys in general, you know, women characters. I would oh, say you probably yeah. grew up with one of your favorite characters may have been someone named Sarah Connor or Ellen Ripley. Yeah, exactly. None, none, none of that. I'm not one of those guys who will hate this movie because it's fucking about girl power. I fucking fully support that. But I just don't. I just didn't like the character in this movie. Uh, and and I'm saying Brie Larson was fine. She's not the problem with this movie. You just don't like Superman. I don't like Superman, no. Yeah, and that's that is like what Captain Marvel is. Uh, not only in the MCU, clearly, but I mean that is her iteration throughout television, uh, comics, whatever. You know, it's like they she's like super powerful, and she's the one of the few characters in the Marvel world that can stand up to Hulk, and like not just like stand up and like you know it's like it's like even it's like she can actually like stop him. And like that's a rare rarity in the Marvel universe. Um, I really liked Captain Marvel. Just while we're just generalizing about Captain Marvel, the movie, um, I really liked it as an isolated time period piece. And I kind of thought that could be something that Marvel could really do a lot with, you know, moving forward is kind of show us these. Because now that they have so much story, like think about this Infinity War to End Game, they had two films, Ant Man and the Wasp had to take place before Infinity War. And then you have uh, Captain Marvel had to take place before Infinity War. And and so narratively, they're going to write themselves into situations when they're going to have big tentpole films like, you know, the Avengers. They're big films. They're big ensemble films. And they're going to have to get those films out there. And they're going to have to, like, leave them on cliffhanger so you go see the next Avenger film. But they're going to have to have films in between. Uh, that, I think this is, like, a great location for them to put films in the past, in period places. And, like, they have nailed... I think the even the Sam Jackson CGI like on the face like I was like this is fucking awesome they obscure his face a lot they do they do they put I things in front of it notice, like the badge I didn't notice anything wrong it looked it. incredible I thought it was flawless it was it was maybe the best ever since uh, I would say Michael Douglas and Ant Man and well, see, see Michael Douglas looks like a fucking rotting corpse right Samuel Jackson yes. still looks great at like he looks 70. great so like I don't yeah. even know how much was just makeup like because he always it, looks good. It's okay. So I saw behind the scenes there. It was just him normal with a normal, um, uh, uh, like, you know, Samuel Jackson in the, in the costume wig on for sure. His Nick Fury wig dots on the face. And then they just tightened up the gut. Oh, so he had dots on the face the whole time filming. Yeah. So oh, they, crazy. They, they, they cleaned him up digitally the whole time. Uh, they euthanine, right? They euthanized, they euthanized him. They euthanized him. What do I what do I call it in the script? Fucking because they euthanine? actually give it a, euthanine CGI. It's euthanine, yeah. It's euthanine. They euthanined him. It's, yeah. it's I don't know what the fuck it is. They de-aged him. I think is what people call it, but the actual uh, special effects artists are calling it euthanine. 
And yeah. um, it looked great on Nick Fury the whole fucking time. And, and they, they tightened up his gut a little bit. They tightened up his jaw a little bit. And he looked like Nick Fury from the ne- Negotiator. Yeah, and um, dude, I think this is one of my favorite Sam Jacksons ever. He was fun. He was great. And people are bitching online about like, he's not like Nick Fury in any other movie. It's like, okay, Nick Fury in Iron Man takes place technically in 2008 or 2010, depending on what timeline you believe in. So that's like 15 years of him being the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., potentially, that all well, that 15 years. I imagine it would, you know, jade someone up a bit, you know, and he wouldn't be so, you know, happy-go-lucky type of character like he was in this film. I love that he's happy-go-lucky. He reminded me that he belonged in, like, Lethal Weapon. Oh, my God. I want them to do a whole Lethal Weapon movie that takes place immediately after Lethal Weapon 2, before 3, with euthanine done on Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. That would be amazing. Can you imagine that? I'm too old for this shit. Oh, this is something interesting I thought, Noli, that I liked about the film in general. Right away, you start noticing when you're in the whole, you know, Star Force, the Kree world and everything, they announce Hala. Like, they do a whole lower third locator for Hala. And it's done exactly like the Guardians of the Galaxy style. Oh, is that true? Yeah, which is really interesting to me because, like, no one else has done that. Not one other film has borrowed another film's font, if you will, right? Their 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 graphics package. And this is the first time that happened. Even Infinity War, when they, we were with Guardians, we got big old space, and we got you know Nivedalier, and we got you know uh, nowhere. We we got we didn't get these like little locators done like Guardians. These were Infinity Wars style locators. They're huge and big on screen. Um, I was like, wow, that's crazy. This is the first like movie to be on brand with another space film, as if they were they were trying to navigate some kind of like synergy within a cosmos only area for the marvel universe um and then uh i felt like even hala was designed very similar to sakar and xandar like the way they did the <laughs> i don't even know these fucking planets you're talking Xandar about Xandar is from guardians of the galaxy <laughs> and sakar is from uh, ragnarok okay so they were very similar and then you gotta um, say the movie like you say oh sakar from ragnarok <laughs> sakar. Like, oh yeah the junk planet uh with like jeff goldblum and xandar the uh which one's what planet? Gun is that? Close, Gun Close, and, and Josie Wright. Oh, yeah, that blew up at the beginning of uh, Infinity War. That's right. Which we saw off screen, which you might see in Endgame, in a whole bunch of you know what we're seeing scenes again, uh, mm-hmm. or for the first time. The other thing they borrowed from Ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two specifically was the jump points, like the whole hexagon look of it. I thought that was cool because mm. we because we don't get that in Infinity War. You just you look and you see them just blasting through space. Speaking of music, I remember in the first like 20 minutes thinking like I really like this score and then at some point like I didn't hear shit again. I never really liked the score in this movie. Uh, I think I liked it in the first 20 minutes and then like I was like where did that score go? I can't tell you go? what the score – I don't know what the score was for this film. Yeah, I don't know where it went. I, I don't fucking remember. It was, a, it was fucking horrible. This movie was fucking loaded in needle drops and I want to know what is your favorite needle drop that hit in this film? Um, I don't Come know. Come on, 90s music! 90s! I, the, the fucking Nirvana song felt off. Come as you are. Like, what? I don't know why that came about at that scene. It was like, I was like, what? Did, oh, what? yeah. When she's like going back to the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, I was like, why did she like woke up in like the Supreme Intelligence and that song was going on? I was like, what? what is this song doing here? Come as you are. My favorite needle drop was Garbage's Only Happy When It Rains. Yeah, well, that's just a great song. Dude. 
I'm only happy when it's complicated. Yeah. I'm only happy when it's something's in yeah. it. Yeah. I'm only happy okay. when it rains. Mm-hmm. That's right. Lord, okay. you're bringing <laughs> it down. All right. <laughs> I think the needle drop we have to talk about because it was brought up in many reviews, like of being too. Was whole it. celebrity skin at, during the After Effects end credit scene? No, not that. It was the on the nose of uh, No Doubt. I'm, I'm just, just a girl. girl. Yeah. Little old me. And see, here's the problem with this movie. No that doubt. Song, that song kicks on, and at no point did I go like, oh, God, this is like a terrible choice. And no point did I go like, oh, dude, this is fucking awesome that they played. So I just felt nothing so much wow. through this movie. I felt nothing. Okay. When No Doubt came on and I'm Just a Girl starts blasting in my movie theater, nobody roared. Just so we're clear. Okay. Nobody roared at any moment in this movie. It kind of upset me. In my theater, everyone was just like, dude. We'll get, we'll get to roars in a minute because my theater was very lively. Oh, really? Okay. My, my theater so, gave this movie a 10 out of 5. Nobody, they did, they loved it. That's amazing. Um, nobody gave a fuck about Stanley in my theater. Oh. Like, nobody gave a fuck about anything. But, anyways, I was probably the only person that was rocking out to, I'm only happy when it rains. But, um,. Just a Girl kicks on, and I was – I, I like this movie a lot, but that was the moment I was just like, what the fuck? This is way too on the nose. This yeah. is not right. That song came on, and I was thinking in my head, oh, someone's going to really hate this right now. Like anyone could really hate that part because that part's silly. Yeah. But I, I was, like it. But I was just like, I don't care. You know what would work for me? What? The score there. Yes. Yeah, a heroic score of her like, – because that, that was like her big moment of using like a lot of her powers on all the bad yeah. guys there. Uh-huh. A really good score would have worked flawlessly. And I would have remembered the score. Yeah. Because that would have been a memorable moment. And instead it was, I'm just a girl, just little old me. Yeah. And then she's like beating the fuck out of a group of guys, I guess, in Minerva. It it was about like a minute of screen time, maybe. It wasn't that long. No, it was quick. Because it was all just quick, fast. It was just like, hey, remember that song? Hey, remember that song? Hey, remember Waterfalls? You know? Oh, yeah, TLC was was in there. I like that. So that's your favorite. That's your that's, that's, my favorite that's your needle drop. TLC reference, which, which, which was a shot. It was just like panning through the desert and like don't go it chasing was a, waterfalls. It, it was literally like maybe five seconds of song, and then it goes straight into the car, and then it faded off to nothing. Like yeah. at least you know, I'm only happy when it rains. It comes straight from yeah. Talos saying goodbye to his friend who's dead in the alien autopsy. Right, yeah. that's super nineties alien yeah. autopsy, all the way to the jukebox. Garbage gets a whole, like, 90 seconds. Yes, exactly. This was a fucking movie in the 90s with a 90s soundtrack with a soundtrack like a movie in the 90s where they would just play, like, five seconds of the song and you'd fucking go out and buy that soundtrack and you'd have all mm-hmm. those hit songs on there. You'd be like, I don't oh, yeah. even remember this song playing in the movie. Oh, yeah, it played for three seconds in that one fucking, like, establishing shot. It, this is this is probably a soundtrack I would have totally bought in the 90s. I will buy the soundtrack now. Okay. I will, I will go. I will go and buy it. Where Where can I buy this? Amazon. Can I give Jeff Bezos more money? You can. Um, and then oh, speaking of '90s, Noli, '90s computers. Yeah, we had a '90s computer since that was fun. I like that. Scene. I loved it. I loved the internet cafe. I yeah. thought that was awesome. That was fun. I love that she's like all like doing the you know the stupid fingers. Yeah. Like one finger at yeah, a time. That, that was fun. And then um, Alta Vista, which was my jam. I loved Alta Vista. Rest in peace, Alta Vista. I heard you died on the five going 85 while doing blow off a hooker's tit. 
Ulta Vista did? Yeah. How big is Ulta Vista's dick? The biggest. The grandest, the tallest. Rest in peace, Ulta Vista. Rest in peace, Ulta Vista. But I also really loved when they loaded the CD and it took forever. And then it's like all this tension's building around Captain Marvel, but no one else. And, sh and she's just like, what's happening? And then Nick Fury goes, it's loading. Yeah. I love that. That yeah. was the world, Cool Boy Nation, if you were too young to know that That's was what it was like. That was a good scene. You would watch a whole image just slowly load, and you would kind of see blurry nipple, and then you'd start to see only pixelated uh, Do you remember nipple. that? You'd see, her, yeah. you'd see the forehead come in first, and you'd see the eyes, and it was slowly like line by line All just start down. showing up. you start seeing a tit, and keep going down, and you'd be like looking down the hallway. Is my mom coming? Is my mom coming? Yeah, because it takes no, like an coming. hour. Yeah, it took – oh, God. It took an hour, so you rarely saw a puss because you usually had to click off. Yeah. And you remember those days of dial-up when you'd finally like get off the internet and your mom would finally get her phone call through like, where have you been? I've been calling for five hours. Yeah, no, not really. We had, we had a couple of lines, so I was lucky. Oh, I didn't get a second line until high school. Oh, speaking of second lines, this has nothing to do with second lines. Um, I, I thought the movie did a pretty good job of homaging a lot of films from like the 90s, a couple 80s ones. I, I definitely thought that the... The Star, uh, the Star Force mission when they go and drop into the planet with the dropship and then go into the water and shoot everyone out totally reminded me of Aliens. Not necessarily because of visuals specifically, but just the tone of it felt like uh, Aliens to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, that scene they kept using like a POV effect or like like a lens of like someone's like fucking like mask or something like that was fucking me up. I hated that part. Yeah, I'm a big fan of POV if it's not done well, but I think they were probably also homaging James Cameron. Um, and then also James Cameron. I got some T2 vibes, uh, mostly in the way she stole the bike. Oh, totally. That was a T2 scene. Yeah, and then the kind of I got like a little Lethal Weapon vibe and T2 vibe in the car chase slash uh, subway, whatever you want to call it, the uh, light rail chase. I didn't like that scene. Um, I, You know, it wasn't. It wasn't as spectacular as I would have hoped, but I didn't have any <laughs> issues with it. That was like your midway point, like action scene. And like there was nothing spectacular about it. Like it was so fucking generic and shot just like generically. I was just like, oh, fuck. Like that's when I was kind of thinking, like, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie that much. See, OK, I can give you the actual Captain Marvel fight sequence wasn't necessarily the best. And it was kind of funny because the way like it wasn't funny in a good way either way, the way like, you know, people were like looking at her weird or the people would be like, what the scroll, you know, because there's things that should have caught people's eyes, especially when the kid got on a subway car and then turned into an old woman out of nowhere. Someone should have seen that probably. But um, I like Samuel Jackson's moments in that chase a lot when he's got like the quote unquote Phil Coulson in the car. Yeah, and they kind of did it like uh, the French Connection. Like he's on the ground looking up at like a train keep going by. Yeah, that I liked. I thought that was fun. And that was the part of the chase that I really enjoyed. And I even liked how he took his, you know, car and slammed it into a bus or something, right? Because he wanted to kill the scroll. Yeah, everything Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie, every scene he was in elevated it and made, me, made it watchable for me where I was just like, yes, yes, I want to be on this adventure. Yeah, and that car chase also reminded me about like, oh yeah, that's right. In Winter Soldier, he has a fucking awesome car chase. Yeah, it is so badass. And then on top of that, Noli, we had a blockbuster video when Captain Marvel lands on C fifty three, a Terran planet, mm -hmm. Earth. Mm -hmm. She lands in blockbuster video. This one, blockbuster video, was actually a real location, the last location in Bend, Oregon. They shot that there. Yeah, which oh, we nice. mentioned in episode eighty one. Renting movies. Yeah, we nice. talked about that 
Uh, yeah, the blockbuster scene got many a laughs in my theater. And once again, no one gave a fuck in my theater. I loved it, and I saw one particular movie rental. It was my fucking favorite. And I was just like, oh! oh. <laughs> yeah, I know what it is. Last Action yes, Hero. Yes, yes, yes. I saw that too. And it was right after she blew Arnold's head off. And I was like, what the fuck? Are they like making fun of okay. Arnold? And then she walks by Last Action Hero. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're not. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I couldn't tell if it was a True Lies poster or was, stand, was a, a card, card stand board or whatever, cardboard, or if it was a true romance one. No, it was Jamie Lee Curtis standing there with Arnold in his tuxedo with uh, with the handgun. And she like the, lands in the white she, tuxedo jacket. Yeah. And immediately she lands and blows off Arnold's head. And I was like, oh, are they like saying like Arnold's a bad guy? Like he's sexist and they're like shooting him. But then she walks right by an Arnold, a last action hero uh, fucking movie. And I'm like, oh, no, maybe these are just like, wait, that's not a Disney movie. What? what why was last? Why was Arnold so prominent in that movie store? Because he's 90s. Dude, because in the 90s, they knew. And on top of that, they were definitely referencing, like, T2 and stuff, I felt like. But, like, but like that was huge to me. Because, like, seriously, like, I I saw I saw Last Action Hero in there. I, first, I saw, like, three other movies when she was walking down the aisle. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. And then, like, I, I can't tell you what those three movies were. Because as soon as I saw Last Action Hero, I literally was like, oh, oh. Yeah, I was well, so like, fucking blown away. She like stopped right hero. next to it. It was like right next to like her left shoulder or something. Yeah, it was, she. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was right behind her as she was walking down the aisle. But like it was there, out of focus slightly. But it was there. It was definitely there. And then the only other '90s movie that I think this movie kind of uh, really uh, felt like to me, at least, was um, Independence Day. Oh, you're jumping ahead, but dude, I was gonna say the finale what? is Independence Day. It is Independence Day. So we can go, I guess, go into it right now. Yeah, why not? We're out of order. Doesn't so matter. I swear to God, when there's a, okay, Cool Boy Nation, you've seen the movie. There's a chase scene in the canyons in fucking like Nevada between an alien spaceship and a. Wait, are you describing Captain Marvel or Independence Day? Uh, yeah, with a shield and then a shield jet. And they're flying through. And I could have sworn I saw Harry Connick Jr. and Will Smith. They're flying right behind that alien spacecraft shooting it. It was the exact same scene. And that's when I was like. Oh, then they'd cut to like shots inside like the spacecraft up in space with like Captain Marvel. And I was like, oh, this is like Independence Day happening right now. Yeah, it, it felt like Independence Day. I also got uh, vibes of Iron Eagle and Iron Eagle 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And maybe three a little bit, too. Even three. No, three. Wait, is it three when they go back to Vietnam or some shit? Yeah, I think there's four of them. That might be four. Louis Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. Why is he not in a Marvel movie yet? He should have been in this movie. He's been in a Marvel movie. He's been in The Punisher, 1989 with Dolph Lundgren. That's right, because he's the cop. He is the cop. If society won't punish the guilty, he will. You see this board here? Every time he kills somebody, I put a red pin in it. So far, the only thing that I've got to show for it is these little calling cards here and a whole bunch of these. Now, let me tell you something about this Punisher. If he ever shows up within 1,000 yards of me, You'll find out what the word punished really means. He defends the innocent. But if you're guilty, he gives no warning. 
and shows no mercy. What the hell is this? Trouble. Dolph Lundgren, Louis Gossett Jr. Mr. P, happy hunting. The Punisher. Justice with a vengeance. And you see Dolph Lundgren's balls in that movie. <laughs> you always talk about Dolph Lundgren's balls. It's so true, though. It's the only movie where his balls are on display from behind. He's yeah. giving you a fruit bowl. He gives you two fruit bowls in that movie. You always bring that up. You, you, watched you realize recently. that might be one of the hardest R's in any Marvel film is Punisher. It's more R than Blade. It's more R than Deadpool. Dude, Dolph like, like brutally beats the shit out of women in that movie. Oh, here's like a glass fight at the end with the uh, with with the guy from The Fugitive. He's a bad guy in this movie too. In Punisher. Oh wait, he's like the dad in Punisher though. Yeah, he's the evil guy that's got his son is kidnapped by the uh, yakuza. Yeah, yeah, he's like a fucking liar. He's really just had, he got like he had a bad deal and he hires the Punisher, but really he's the bad guy. Yeah, and then like the whole oh my god that okay it's not great. But it's good. It's worth watching if you've not seen it. Go see 1989, The Punisher. If anything, for the fucking super fast POV, like, tunnel shots down the tunnel that would, like, go down, like, all mm-hmm. the turns and, like, lead up right to, like, fucking Dolph Lundgren with his balls hanging out. Oh, my God. That's the best. That's how it – yeah, that's literally how that shot ends, on his balls. I, I need to watch it right now. Silhouetted balls. Oh, and then – okay, and one more movie, I guess. I, I do recall that this movie reminded me of, of Captain Marvel. Um, Blade Runner. I had such a Blade Runner feel in the beginning when they were on Hala. And she woke up and it was like just kind of like long, slow shots of her waking up. And then like they worked their way. It had a very like animatrixy feel too at some points with the training. I really, I really, I really dug it. Like I was in the movie right away. Once we were on Hala, she wakes up and she does all that sparring with Jude Law. And you really get to start establish her origin story. And this is like her origin story. And it's Marvel's different origin story. Your life began the day it nearly ended. Oh my God. We found you. With no memory, we made you one of us. I don't think so. So you could live longer, stronger, superior. Fuck it! You were reborn. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this. Now, Noli, I loved it. I, I hear that this is also very divisive on, on with moviegoers, fans maybe alike. Um, did you enjoy the origin story, the way it was told, kind of through, like, manipulated memories, especially when the scrolls got to her and they really were fucking with her memories and playing it back and forth? I did I did like that scene. I thought that scene was cool. It was, uh, what movie did that, like that? Uh, there's, um, there- Minority Report. Yeah, it was kind of like yeah, it, yeah, it was kind of like Minority Report there, where like yeah, you were in her head and like you could hear like people talking like on the outside, being like, no, rewind that, go back, zoom in, enhance. I, I like that part. That was okay. I liked when Annette Benning kept repeating herself. She was nailing that that line. She nailed it, and they made her say that line probably ninety times that day. And she nailed it all ninety of them every time. Um, yeah, but I liked Veerce. I liked I liked the character of Veerce, and and she, and a lot like uh, I would say. In a DC film, you have Cal L, then you have Clark Kent, and then you have Superman. You had different versions of this character played by Brie Larson. You had Veers, and then you had 
Captain Marvel near the end, and in the middle you had Carol Danvers when she was figuring herself out and coming out of Veers. Um, I really liked that. I thought it was fun how they played with her name. I thought it was going to be Vers. I kept th- I kept saying Vers before the movie came out, and then when the movie came out, they're like Veers, and I'm like, awesome. Sounds like fierce. Oh, I didn't even know that. Like, I you knew that her name was going to be Veers, and it was going to be a play on of Carol Danvers. I knew, or the rumor was, or at least I read somewhere that that the whole idea was that she was going to be called on the Cree planet or the Cree verse is how I thought I thought it was going to be said, verse, and that was because they only found some of her dog tag. I did not now, know that. I I kind of like that little moment of like finding out that that's why they were calling her verse, or veers, right? Uh, that was nice. Yeah, and then she goes full binary in the end. So that's kind of like another Captain Marvel version of her, even though that's just really Captain Marvel's going full powered. I mean, that's what that is. That's when her character in the comics becomes like so fucking powerful, you can't stop her. And she's all lit up and glowing. That's her, that's when she's called binary. Um, and then I kind of liked that her call sign was Avenger. Yeah, a nice little callback touch. Uh, so we're going to the end here. Well, I mean, just I'm mentioning that. And I just want to say like everything hinged on the fact that she was like call signed Avenger for me. So I was just like, as soon as that hit, I was like, oh, dude, four out of five boys. <laughs> that one little, that one, that one picture shot of that's all I Samuel needed. Samuel Jackson looking at the the post or the picture. He changes the Protector Initiative to the Avengers Initiative. I like that part because then we got the musical score from the Avengers playing to carry us out of the a movie. A slight and like, nod to it. Yeah, it was like, the full score. Well, I liked it. It was nice. Yeah. The ending was strong, right there. And so that's kind of interesting as a movie, right? With an, a strong ending, mentioning the Avengers, you really see kind of. You know, the, the quote-unquote origin to Nick Fury in this as well. It's not just a Carol Danvers origin, right? It's a Nick Fury origin story to some extent that with the way it actually ends on him. Yeah, I'd still rather watch Nick Fury movies. You might get some, honestly. They've, they've mastered his face. I mean, so. Yeah. And I'm sure Samuel Jackson is down to play. He sounds like he's always down to play. Yeah. So, yeah, so when he showed up in the movie, like speaking of my audience having strong reactions to everything, he got a big cheer. But right before him, the biggest cheer in the whole fucking movie is when they showed fucking Coulson for the first time. My theater went nuts, and I was just like, oh. Coulson? We really care about this guy? Yeah, I was I was so excited. I was like, son oh. of Cole, I am so happy you're back. But then no one in my audience gave a shit, made me feel stupid again, and then I just didn't care. And I was just like, but you know what? He was an, a nothing character in this movie. And he doesn't do anything. He does nothing other than he should have been there. For continuity's sake, so for continuity's sake, let's put him in the movie. And because it's the end of Phase 3, let's give him a little elbow room to be like, hey, you're welcome back, buddy. You get to you get to touch this phase just yeah. for a second. Before I'm, we I'm glad he's again. back. I always like callbacks of things. Like, that was fine. Uh, you know what I think Felk would not have liked? What? I don't think Felk would have liked the Nick Fury and how he lost his eye. I didn't like that. That was garbage. It was bitch. It was a bitch fucking reason for him losing his eye. They tease it earlier, right? He, he his eyes gets injured, and you're like, "Oh, his eye! Oh, it's, it's not it. Okay, it's not it." And then like later, the cat out of nowhere, just like when he's like, "Come here, kitty!" And the cat, Rear! I didn't and understand that scene because his reaction was also like, "Oh, kitty, that's okay. My eye's fine." Yes, yeah, yeah. And then and then Talos looks looks over, and he's just kind of like, "No, it won't be." Yeah, and that was and a, then like that's it. Yeah, that was the, all he had said about it, and like his reaction was like totally played for laughs but like samuel's response was just like it wasn't i was like what the fuck this heroic character loses his eye to a cat just scratching out who this cat has been like he's been so nice to this whole time i don't know why the cat did that 
It reminded me of this recent episode of Broad City that just aired in which Alana got like uh, uh, air conditioning gunk in her eye. And like <laughs> her eye gets worse and worse. And it's kind of like the same thing. You're like watching this movie. And you're like, it's just getting worse and worse at the end. You're kind of like, what's going on here? Wait, this is just an infected scratch from a cat. It's not a cat, though, right? It's a flurkin. Right. And overall, uh, Goose's big scene, like, yeah, that was uh, the cat is Goose. Uh, that was fine. That was OK. That got lots of laughs. Like, it's that's fine with me. That was fine. Yeah, I didn't really care for the cat. It fine. Much. Like the movie. The movie is fine. No, 2.5 2. is not I guess it technically is, right? That's it's right fine. Down. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's fine. Um, I did not like the cat. I'll, I'll be honest. The cat, so the cat, Goose, I'm going to go even further. The cat, the cat played the character called Goose, which was a flurkin. The actual cat, Reggie, was a horrible actor, okay? The name of the cat was Reggie. He's a terrible fucking cat. It was a horrible acting cat. They used CGI cat. I didn't care for the cat. I, I love cats. I mean, I'm not an anti-cat person at all. I'm not a pro-dog oh, person either. But I fucking... Pro-dog. I did not like this cat at all. And going to this movie, I was here, I was hearing all this hype about, like, the cat's amazing. We're going to cut a whole featurette and put it on the web about how the cat's so amazing. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson are going to talk about how beautiful and wonderful the cat is to play with. And that's how I know its name's Reggie. And the cat is fucking horrible. The whole thing about the cat, the flurkin, it's horribly used. It doesn't make any fucking sense. None of the flurkin makes sense. So this cat is, comes out of nowhere. Are all cats flurkins or is this just one of, you know, th- that's not really clear in the movie either. But that being said, let's assume it's just, it is. A flurkin is an alien creature off planet, like kind of rocket is an alien creature. I think it, it was like alluding that cats are all flurkins. See, I think it was doing that if you didn't know better. But if you know, like the comics, they are aliens. So it's not all cats aren't that. It's just certain flurkins look like cats just like whatever rocket is looks like a raccoon it's not a raccoon but it looks like that i i really think you could just lifted the cat entirely out of the film you would have no you needed the cat it was it was a cute comic relief for like a lot of people ah no i didn't really care for the cat aren't you the cutest little thing aren't you cute and what's your name what's i'll be back that's funny that you don't like the cat but you love this movie yeah, I love the movie. Um, I, I just don't really care for that cat. I thought the cat was kind of garbage. And and and, and I really didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot of CGI cat. I, I didn't even know there was a Reggie cat. I thought the whole thing was CGI. And honestly, the cat's maybe has fucking 15 minutes of screen time. Maybe it's not in the movie that much. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't even cat, it doesn't even by do the anything way. until like the maybe like the 70 minute mark. Yes, exactly. Like this cat shows up in the movie, does nothing except just walks around forever, and then all of a sudden it becomes like the like the fucking savior for the characters yeah, who can't shoot it, Cree. It, it's comic well relief. It, it was a comic relief moment. That's all the cat serves its purpose. What what happened to this character? There's no yeah. mention of Goose in the MCU. Maybe Captain Marvel took it with her. I don't know. Did, did, did she? No, know? she left. She left in the end of the film. There's no cat. Oh yeah, yeah. Arms. Okay, that's right. The cat's still there. And I'm they show it hawking test. up that's the tesseract. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the um, end cred scene. That's the that's the end cred scene that sucks. Marvel's been doing that now more recently, where they just give you like a really shitty end cred scene, like Ant Man and the Wasp. That was a shitty uh, fucking end credit scene. The one with the um, ant playing drums. Oh, let me tell you something. So I stayed around for the first end credit sequence, right? And I won't get into yeah. it now, but I really like that. Yep. And then I wanted to leave, and my wife said. Let's stay. Don't they have one at the very end? I said, yeah, but now all the ones at the end, they're just a joke. It's probably going to be the cat throwing up the fucking thing. 
And then all of a sudden, you said that. I said that to her, and all of a sudden the fucking scene plays, and it's the cat on the desk. I was like, I started nudging her. I was like, Look, it's gonna happen. And he starts coughing. It's happening. And he fucking throws up the tesseract like it's a furball. And I was just like, I told you it was gonna be something stupid like that. I was like, I can't believe I fucking called it. Well, that, that's really good, actually. You fucking, you definitely called it. They're, they're, they're just stupid now and pointless. Like I try to actually leave before those scenes happen because they're pointless. Well, they know. I mean, that's why they, they're like, okay, the, the mid-credit scene, if we're doing a mid-credit scene, has to fucking get the audience's dicks hard. Because if it doesn't, there's no way they're staying to the last one. And most of them aren't going to. It's just to make it garbage. So we'll just have the cat, you know, fucking hawk up a, a fur ball. And yeah. it's the Tesseract. I will say half the theaters now in Marvel films leave after the first one because they know now. I think we know now that the second one's just going to be a stupid joke. That's usually not funny that you can watch on the internet the next day. Right. Absolutely. Well, that being said, let's not get into that end credit just yet. And let's, uh, no let's talk about the uh, the Tesseract for a second. So What? I don't want to talk about the Tesseract? The Tesseract is what they were like, you know, working their way towards. Or was it technically Talos's family? Um, but yeah, I, I, so the Tesseract was, the you know, built the light drive or whatever, the light speed, the hyperdrive. Um, and it's also what gave Captain Marvel her powers. And so she is a character that got her powers from infinity stone essentially so she matches potentially then in strength or should naturally ma match in strength quicksilver and scarlet witch which they got it as well they got it from the mind stone oh did they i don't remember yeah they that. got it from uh loki's staff that's what uh von uh strucker was doing baron von strucker he was doing using the uh mind staff or the uh, mind stone inside of loki's uh scepter so noli Having Project Pegasus being in this movie, mentioned this movie by, you know, Dr. Lawson, not Philip Lawson, which it is in, the, I think, one variation of the comics, I think Ultimates or something like that. Um, Marvel, you had actually, you know, the original Captain Marvel. It was played by a woman instead of a man. And she created Project Pegasus, which is mentioned in Iron Man 2, which is what uh, Tony looks at for the cube when he's like, you know, or he's looking at to like, get a better whatever chest plate oh. and he sees like the cosmic cubes in there or technically the tesseract um it's also project pegasus that's what they go through and then that's later mentioned in the avengers that's the whole facility that is destroyed so we see this facility here in this film it is later destroyed in the avengers in the beginning i didn't even put that together yeah so, that's, okay, the, same so that's the avengers compound yeah, or that was the uh, shield compound that they yeah, they the, were the building around the tesseract or working <clears> the tesseract okay. under I did not so put yeah, that we, together. We know what happened to that place. It blows ups. It blows up. But uh, did, did you probably had no impact or care that Annette Benning was Marvel? Did you? No, I did not care. Well, that's a big deal. They did a sex change. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool though. That that you know that Annette Benning. I thought she was going to be Carol's mom. Or something like that. Because when they talk about the supreme intelligence, they're like, it takes the form of someone you think is you know, important to you. All right. And I was like, oh, dude, who's Annette Benny then? And I was like, it's probably her mom. And it actually ended up being Marvel. That was pretty cool. I don't think I cared. You didn't care? No. I thought it was cool that they were flying to a space lab and got shot down. And that, I, I thought from a 3D perspective, I saw this in 3D. Um, that oh, whole Christ. crash sequence was pretty amazing. Okay. Well, she like pulled out of it and she was coming back into Earth, you know, and like reentry and then like actually had to like level out the jet or whatever no. right before hitting the trees and then hitting the uh, the lake. I thought that was really fucking awesome. I completely, really I cool. completely like blocked that out. <laughs> that was awesome. I really liked it. I was and definitely course, checking out by that point in the movie, just being like, oh, okay, like, are you going to get better? Are you going to get better? Are you going to get better, movie? Did yeah. you like, um, 
uh, Maria Rambo. That uh, I thought she was pretty good. I can't. I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head, but uh, she was pretty amazing. She was, she was a good actress. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, she. she okay. Uh, this is uh, off topic, but it, it's about the directors who directed, like, they're famous for directing Half Nelson, a, dr- a drama that got Ryan Gosling like an Academy Award. Yeah. Uh, so, or like. Why were they hired? Like, I, I, the Marie Rambo had a great emotional scene with like Carol, like at like her like dinner table or coffee table, whatever. Is that why they were hired for scenes like that? Because like I thought their action was like so fucking generic. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Like, I can't remember one camera shot from like the movie that was like inspiring or was like, wow, that was like really well done. There are a couple moments I will talk about later that I thought were like really cool, but for the most part, it's like, why did you hire these guys? Fucking hire Michael Bay. Yeah, they okay, so I think they wanted like a cinematic quality to the movie and I think they got it. I do I do think cuz there are moments where I was like this is nice. This is feeling like there's good pacing to this movie. Um and I did like the whole origin the way it was developed and used as a as a storytelling device. But I I yeah, it is an interesting question cuz I I saw Mississippi Grind and that's a, a movie they directed with Ryan Reynolds and uh Ben Mendelsohn. And it's oh. awesome. Oh, they directed him before. Okay. Yeah, and it's awesome, and uh, it's a really good movie, and um, it's about gamblers, and I recommend it. I highly recommend it for anyone who is interested in, in seeing something else that they've done that Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, I think, have done. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Like Watching that movie, I wasn't like, these guys are totally perfect for Captain Marvel. I know. Marvel. Like, it, was, I, it was weird. It was like watching the Doctor Strange director or like um, fucking maybe even Spider-Man director. It was just so so run-of-the-mill. Like there was nothing like fabulous about it. So the Spider-Man director, John Watts, I liked about him is that having seen Cop Car I, I re- and Clown to some extent, I really liked his ability to take child fascination from a dark perspective, from an adult perspective. So a lot of that kind of cop car happens in certain scenes, like with Keaton in the car with Spider-Man and um, his daughter, mm-hmm. like that intensity in those moments. Good. Like that, Those that, are the best that's, scenes. That's a lot what like a cop car brought. So I felt like that's what they were trying to do with that. And then with um, Scott Derrickson for Dr. Strange, they were taking his, like, you know, his horror background to kind of inject some, some horror into all the comedy and colors that is Marvel. And so uh, they, yeah. they didn't really get that. I, I never really got the horror vibe no, from it. I, but uh, yeah, I don't know why. they they. But they did a good job, I thought, with it. And they definitely nailed the 90s aesthetic fairly well. Because I didn't feel like the movie was like throwing 90s at me from a visual standpoint as much as it was from a music standpoint, obviously. No, I thought was, if they were going for a 90s movie, I think they excelled in that department thinking because like – like, I don't know her powers and, like, the movie didn't care to explain them. Like, you know the comic book movies in the 90s were, like, fucking yeah. just, like, here's a person with powers. You got to root for them. They're going to fucking go take on bad guys. Like, this is going to be a 90-minute movie. And that's kind of what Captain Marvel was. And, like, it was yeah, very Batman fast-paced. has less origin in Batman. Yeah. They don't explain shit. Uh, one of the things I thought the movie did really fucking well was the scene when she finally got back up yeah. at the end. And they showed it like through her whole life, her getting back up from a child mm-hmm. to a teenager mm-hmm. to an adult to mm-hmm. finally being Captain Marvel. And she finally stood up. I thought that was like a really well done scene. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing I got from those directors like that maybe they did right. 
Otherwise, like I thought they were super generic. I thought some of Brie was awesome, awesome, honestly. Like I enjoyed I enjoyed her acting. I, I enjoyed the kind of characters and the wows and the yelps and stuff that she did throughout the film when she was excited about doing stuff. And I kind of liked the way she like yeah. the way she talked to people and talked down. Like this might be inherent in who Brie Larson is, honestly. <laughs> but the way that she talked down to people in the movie worked so well, cons- considering that all she knew for six years was a Cree life. And they are obviously like people who hold themselves to a very high esteem. Yeah, judging from the trailers, I thought she did a much better job than I thought she was going to do. And she definitely, like, you know, was a screen presence. And she was definitely, like, she looked good. Like, right? She looked, she looked like, yeah. especially in her Nine Inch Nails shirt, like, for half the movie. She looked Amazing. good. Real good. She was really good. Um, Real hot. So I was surprised that she was, like, holding her own because I thought she was going to be the worst part of the movie. Um, I loved her scenes with Maria Rambo uh, and and even the kid, Monica Rambo. The kid was a, a bad child actor in the, in the vein of... I don't want to compare them because they're black, but it was kind of like the girl from Lost World to me. Like, no just like way. Bad, bad acting. No way. I thought of her more of anything like uh, the kid from uh, Jerry Maguire. Almost like just like this there to like say cute stuff and be like a bad actor. Yeah. Like I, I, I all she needed to say, honestly, was like, let's go to the zoo. And then like Carol Danvers could be like the fucking zoo is closed, Ray. You know, and like that's like that's what needed to happen in that movie. Tom sure. Cruise says the fucking yeah. zoo is closed. The fucking zoo is closed, Ray. Um, that little girl grows up to be a version of Captain Marvel and also a character called like Photon. Um, I, she do you think we're going to see her in modern day? I mean, if you kind of flash forward to Endgame, she should be of age to become a superhero. Played by Holly Berry. Halle Berry. I'll see that. <laughs> How he buried this girl aged 40 years. Yeah. Can you make me feel good? Can you make me feel good? Halle is out of control of their Instagram game, by the way, right now. Oh, I don't follow her on Instagram. I should. Dude, are you kidding me? All she does is post like nude now for Instagram. <gasps> you know who doesn't follow Holly Berry on Instagram? Who? Felk. Felk is dead. Because he's dead, parties. but also because he doesn't like Holly Berry. He's one of the only men in the world who doesn't find Holly Berry attractive. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand you, Felk. God rest your soul. Well, speaking of fuckable people, let's talk about Jude Law. Oh my God. Fuck me, Jude. <gasps> did he get, no, honestly, did he get hotter in this movie? He got so hot. It looked like he got more hair. His eyes are like a fucking piercing yellow. Like, Dude. I was ready to take off my pants at any moment and say, fuck me, Jude. My pants were off most of the time already. Because <laughs> yeah. I was so hot. Too hot, dude. Honestly, <laughs> he was looking great. Mm-hmm. And did you see the twist coming that he was the bad guy? I mean, I figured it was probably going to come because yes. he was like the second build or third build character. Yes. But like, but I thought the twist was done nicely. So the movie has subversions for sure. I would say that most of them played out exactly what I thought. I had a vision of this film in my head before I saw trailers. And that when I saw teasers and trailers, it began to be like, yeah, okay, I think I'm getting the movie I'm thinking I'm getting. And those and those thoughts I thought were, of course, were the career bad, right? They're manipulating her. They're holding her back her powers. So she can't. Be the true Captain Marvel she needs to be. And then, you know, the scrolls are actually good guys. And they're not the bad guys that the Kree say they are. And 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 you get a lot of that in the heavy-handed stuff where she's like, I, you know, I'm a Kree super soldier. And then Nick Fury's like, yeah, you're a soldier, like, superpower, whatever. And she's like, hero. 
So, Skrulls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. You know, it's like, okay, hero, get it, right, right. The propaganda is real thick, got it. So, I kind of saw all those subversions happening and coming from a mile away. Still liked it when it happened, still enjoyed the movie, um, still enjoyed the process the movie gave it to you to, to lay those out, to lay out those twists and turns. But I love Jude Law's ending when he's just like, he's like, ah, way to go, kid. Like, that's fucking awesome. I love it. All right, now let's turn off, you know, the light show and let's just fight mano a mano. And then she just blasts him away. Like, that was, okay, I was like, all right, I like that. Like, I get you're doing, yeah, you're doing Raiders. But, like, I, it, it worked for me. I'm sure it doesn't work for a lot. But I, what I loved about it the most wasn't necessarily her line sell after that when she's like, I don't have to show you or I don't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was more just Jude Law in that scene, the way he just got so excited and so cocky. Like, I was just ripping the buttons off my blouse. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. My sweat immediately <laughs> and profusely started shooting out, and I was just, like, glistening in there. And I just had my arms up in like a, what would be like, I would say, like a touchdown formation. And I just did that the whole a time. touchdown formation. I was just like, fuck me, Jude. Yeah. Fuck me, Jude. You should just fucking smile and blow me. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he looked great in his little costume. Yeah, he did. He looked awesome. He should have done, I think, at least a few more scenes shirtless. Yeah, and he should have. I liked him in this movie. Um, Wait, was he technically topless when she woke him up? No, he had like a little like a tight shirt on, very tight. Because okay, is this the first Marvel film where we got no abs? I don't think we got abs this movie. I don't think we got an ass shot of any kind. We okay, we get no ass shots in this film and no ab shots in this film. Yeah, that's why it's a two 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 point five for me. So things I liked about it, I like I mentioned the Star Force when they did their drop on the uh, plant to get the uh, scrolls in the beginning of the film. You get like the whole Star Force team. You have Minerva, oh, right? Fuck me, Gemma. Fuck me, Gemma. Gemma Chan is so hot as Minerva. She did look hot, didn't she? She's also incredibly hot in Transformers: The Last Night. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, she's in The Last Night. She's only in the end credit stinger, oh, and God, she's the really? voice of the. Yeah, and she's the voice of the villain in that. And then she's also really hot Wait, in Crazy Rich Asians. Wait, she's the voice of the villain, but you're telling me she's hot as a robot? No, she's at the end. She's at a, she's a human in the end stinger. Michael oh. Bay brought her out for no reason to Dubai just to shoot one scene with her and hopefully fuck her in, like, the the, the, the Burge. Oh, spoilers. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, like, spoilers. so she'd be, like, the villain in, like, the seventh one? Yeah, I guess. So he could fuck her? But that's not happening anymore for Transformers. So, hey, she got to be in Star Force. Guess what? Oh, they killed her. She's a legitimate Captain Marvel villain that should have been someone that could have been built out in the second film or a third film of Captain Marvel. She's just dead. Uh, they it, just killed her in this. She did not have enough screen time to be the villain in the next one. She's in the movie for like 10 minutes max. They set up Yonrog for sure to be the villain in the next one. Oh, really? oh so that's that's um, Jude. Yeah, Jude. I want to yeah. see more of Jude. I, I think he didn't get his due in a Marvel film. Like, I want to see more of Jude. I, I like Jude. Yeah, and I think we aren't going to see Annette Bening again unless they got her for two contracts because unless she really wants to come back because my guess is what will happen is the next time that uh, Carol sees the Supreme Intelligence, she either sees the legit Supreme Intelligence that's like, you know, the giant face and a fucking giant, like, you know, glass container or she'll see someone else important to her and be like, who's that? And then spend a whole movie like, you know, I have to find this person. 
you know, and it's like super handsome. I, I don't somebody. think we need another Batman again. Like she served her purpose in this movie. Like I don't need to keep revisiting that. Well, what of Captain Marvel movies? Yeah. I, oh, she's Marvel. I, I don't care. I don't think she serves a purpose much anymore. She was fine in this movie. Like, we don't need uh, nothing against Annette Bening, but, like, the character was just, it was whatever. I think we need Annette Bening in the next Guardians movie, okay? So I just want her to somehow to show up in that movie then. Because you want to come on her face. Um, Speaking of coming, Korath the Pursuer. Oh, fuck me, Jimmy. Fuck me, Jimmy. 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 He was great, but he was nothing more than just fucking eye candy in this. Just yeah, he's in the at. movie for five minutes. We know he's in fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. And Ballard, you love the Jimmy, though. You love I him. I do. Jimmy in Houston. Jimmy and Hutsu. Yeah. Um, I fucking loved him, not just from Amistad, but oh, God, Gladiator. He is so hard in Gladiator. Yeah, and the island. Oh, he, oh, of course, the island. He's, yeah, he's, he's the pursuer in that one, too. Um, he is gorgeous, honestly. Oh, he's, he's a really gorgeous man. He's a hot man. man. Straight from He Africa. really is. And how old is he, Noli? Dude, he's like 60. He's like 80, I think. Oh, my God. He's so fucking hot. How old is he? Too I, hot. I, really, I need to know. I need to know. Too he's hot. too hot and too close. That's for sure. He's always so ripped. Do you think he bathes <laughs> ripped and ripe? <laughs> how, how old is he? 54. Yeah, I said he's almost 60. The guy's fucking old. Yeah, and guess what? His birthday's coming up soon. April 24th. Fuck yes. And speaking of more fucking, who do we have next? Oh my god, the rest! <laughs> Fuck me, everyone! everyone. <laughs> I don't know, it was the guy that thought he was the Game of Thrones guy, but he wasn't the Game of Thrones guy with the white beard. And then oh, yeah. there was, was the other guy, guy that had the little tiny, like, 90s yeah. bro. Yeah, there was like an Asian guy who was blue. They were like all blue. Yeah, so yeah, so that's weird, right? So some of the Kree are blue, I guess, and some of the Kree aren't blue. And then you have human-looking ones who are perfect and totally fuckable, like, like fucking Jude, Jude and... Jimon, how do you say his name? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimon, 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 and then fucking uh, Miss Verse, Fierce, Fierce. Yeah, that was kind of strange. And Minerva though. Anyway, oh, we'd fuck God. them all. We'd fuck everybody. I liked how with Minerva they got her uh, her domino mask in there as like part of her sniper costume. And then when she wasn't being super snipery, the, the mask like came off. I guess the I guess it was attached to the gun. I wasn't even sure what was going on. I have no idea who those characters are, so that was there were never. She normally has like a domino, like kind of uh, a mask. That character they drew it on her. Um, Okay. And then there's one more uh, Cree we haven't mentioned: Ronan the Accuser. (gasps) Fuck me, Ronan. Fuck me, Ronan. Lee Pace. It was weird. He didn't need to be in this movie. He didn't need to be in this movie, and it was weird. Like I didn't really recognize him at first because he didn't have the black paint on his face. But I remember in the Guardians, he puts it on his face like in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, Guardians is when he becomes like the rebellious Ronan the Accuser and goes against all Kree, and he's kind of become his own faction, right? His own like religious faction. Uh, it, 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 this movie, he was still Ronan the Accuser and still like part of the Accusers and going around and hunting people down and just you know bringing them to yeah. justice. But I'm glad like he was in there. I like when like these movies tie like into other movies. Like I could use more of that. Like you could throw as much connection as you want. Like I'll always be happy with that. Yeah, um, especially since you are watching, you know, a television episode that's about you know two hours long. Sure. I mean, you definitely. I mean, why not? Why not have it tied in? I like that a lot. I love that kind of stuff as well. Um, even even if it is throwaway, I the only thing I guess the only one I really didn't care for, even Phil Coulson wasn't necessarily needed, or Ronan Accuser wasn't necessarily needed. I still was like, why? Why was Phil Coulson's CGI face so bad? 
he was the only one like that was like blatantly like totally de-aged like because i think it was his haircut because he's always been bald and they gave him hair it was the hairline like john travolta you know he was like fucking wearing like a bad toupee the whole time what a terrible thing to say yeah, that was weird. I don't understand that. That it just felt, and it, it felt like they 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 did not spend the big bucks on him. They clearly spent more money on Sam. For well, sure. the Kree were the bad guys. The scrolls were the quote unquote good guys. I did have one thought during the movie, and it was not did not come to fruition at all. So I was watching the Kree and thinking, all right, you're gonna be bad, right? And then I was like watching the scrolls and I'm like, okay, you're gonna be good, right? But then I thought, wait, maybe the scrolls will turn bad. By the end of the movie, and it'll be like she was helping people that she thought were good, and they ended up were actually using her, and they were bad people. And then it was one of those things that, like, both sides of war, your hands get dirty. You get blood on both hands, right? Even Talos says that at one point. So I was like, oh, shit. Is he setting up that he's going to turn on Carol? Didn't happen at all. So they really are just, like, good guys. Yeah, I thought he might do a double cross for sure. I was and, hoping and he kind of would. And you know what? In lots of the reviews, they were fucking praising Ben. Men, what did he say his last name? Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn's like performance. And like, he's always good. Like, he's a fucking great actor. Like, he's in anything he's in, he's phenomenal. But like, they were saying he was a scene stealer, like one of the best villains since like whatever Thanos. Like, Thanos. Maybe, maybe that's true because Thanos just was in like two movies ago. But like, for me, that was like, that could have been anyone USA in that part. Really? Yeah. Like the, he didn't bring anything like he was fine in it. He had some good comedic timing, but like he didn't bring anything to that role that couldn't have been anyone that could have been fucking like Corey Feldman. It could definitely have been Corey Feldman for sure. And it would have been um, the same. It would have been the same. That's yeah. I think I, in fact, we should probably do a petition to re-edit this movie with, <laughs> with Feldman, Corey Feldman as Talos. <laughs> Just have him dub over all those lines because like he's always an alien fucking form. Done. Perfect. By the way, I love that makeup. I thought it was really good makeup. Yeah, that's why I thought there was gonna be a double cross because that makeup just like fucking like projected evilness. It did, and and that's that's like that's supposed to be the whole thing. Like people who look bad can be good, and people who look good can be bad, right? Uh, I think even uh, Lord of the Rings they talk about that. You know, an enemy would smell uh, would uh, would would look fairer and smell fouler or some shit. But um. I, I thought I thought I was just like I don't know this feels like because the 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 scrolls and the Kree have commonly aren't good characters in the comics and so they're not good characters so I was kind of like where are they going with this and it surprised me that they were honestly good solid good all across the board in this film but they did say there are other scrolls across the universe right and and there you know there could be good ones and bad ones out there but there was an interesting point so Talus is about to like kill a Kree soldier and he like essentially is like you know wife cover her eyes to his daughter and so she his daughter sees him in the end regardless kill this Cree soldier i'm guessing because this character will grow up right now 15 years later it'll be you know or not even 15 years later it'll be uh, uh 25 years later whatever the next captain marvel film comes out you'll have essentially this character growing up and i think it could be the scroll queen and I think they could be setting that up that she's just a villainous and she saw murder early on and she and maybe something happens to Talos in between where like he's killed and maybe killed by humans. And that's why. Yeah, I don't even know who the scroll queen is. Veronke or Veronke. I'm not sure. I because I stopped reading comics when I was 13 years a old child. and just yeah. and started watching maybe the cartoons and then eventually the movies. But the comics, I, I, I don't keep up with them. 
So I, I normally I would be able to say, yeah, yeah, no, well, the scroll queen, I read about her too in, in like uh, high school and stuff. But the reality is that she was created like in 2005 or some shit. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Talos also in the comics, he can't shapeshift. And, and, and so he just becomes a great warrior. I thought that was interesting in the movie, though. They made him one of the best shapeshifters. He talks about it as being a talent. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people mm-hmm. are just talented. He's very talented. And then he's a, he's a shapeshifter, yeah. And so he's, uh, that was weird for them to make the best shapeshifter in the movie a character in the comics that's known for not shapeshifting. Very interesting choice. Yeah. Another subversion, if you will. If you will. If you will. Um, I, I do think we're going to see the scrolls turn bad eventually. And we'll, we will get like a secret invasion storyline. Yeah, that sounds fun. I know about that. I know about that. Yeah, that'll probably come, like, not maybe in Phase 4. Maybe they'll seed it in Phase 4, and it'll be, like, the Phase 6. And you'll get like, your Skrull Queen. You'll get your Skrull Queen. Yeah, then we'll have we'll see that character. Maybe we'll see that scene again from another perspective. That's my favorite. All right, well, let's get into the final tidbits of this final movie. Final tidbits. Final tidbits. Final That's tidbits. That's it. Rounding the horn. Tid- Here we go. So let's wrap this why up didn't Fury use the pager sooner? Like, why did he wait until he started to turn into dust or potentially he was going to turn into dust? Because I think he thought that Earth's Mightiest Heroes could get the job done until he started fucking evaporating. He was like, oh, fuck, I'm done. I need to fucking page this one in. Well, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it feels like a weird retcon that he has his pager now and that there were times when maybe he should have used it. I would say every Avengers film prior to Infinity War, he maybe should have used it. Yeah, and that's what's weird about, like, putting this character in here, like, right now. Like, I I, I think she's, like, super overpowered. And, like, fucking, she could just fucking fly through Thanos in a second and destroy him. So I, oh, do, dude. I do have one theory of how Endgame's going to go. She can fly right up Thanos' asshole. Yeah, and, it's, and Thanos' is anus. Thanos' anus. Yeah. So I think before I talk about what how I think Endgame's going to go, we have to talk about how Captain Marvel ended. That's absolutely right. So the mid-credit scene is Captain Marvel's pager that, that she just gave to Nick Fury in the uh, end of the film, practically. She's like, and only use it in an emergency. They are, the Avengers at the compound are looking at it and trying to see what's going on, and apparently the signal stopped. Mm-hmm. Black Widow says, like, I need to know as soon as you have someone on the other end and then turns around and it's fucking Captain Marvel in a slightly different Captain Marvel costume. Yeah, with longer hair. With longer hair. I did not like this longer hair. I did. Oh, I did not like that. I did like not that, like it, Sam, Sam I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we're in the same thought process there. Yeah, of course. That, dude, that scene got me jacked. Like when she was there in the room with them, like I was like, oh, dude. I like this. Like I, I see her with that team. Like that's when I was got excited. I was like, maybe Captain Marvel will be cool because she like she will fit in with these guys because she has like a personality. She's spunky. She can like put guys in her place. Like there could be some fun to be had here. And she was pissed off when she fucking arrived there. She was like, "Where's Fairy?" I, I yeah, that was interesting because like I'm like, oh okay, we're seeing a scene from the movie. Yeah, and is that scene gonna be in the beginning, the middle? Yeah, uh, it has to be. I mean, I don't almost, know. Okay. This is interesting, Nolan. They're this giving things away, though. They're giving things away. You're right. They, they, but finally, and it's like you kind of earn it if you watched all of Captain Marvel. But earn um, this. I, I would say this. Earn so this. When we earned this, we earned this. <laughs> um, there, you you get an end credit scene at the end of Ant Man that is actually in Civil War. You get an end credit scene in uh, Doctor Strange that's actually in Thor Ragnarok. 
that's right. That's in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And so they have a, a history of this. So this could be an end, this end credit scene could be a scene from Endgame. It's weird that everything we've seen from Endgame does not once have Captain America with his beard. Yeah. Now we have seen shots from, I think, the teaser for Endgame where Captain America has no beard and Black Widow has a silver hair still, short hair yeah. cut. And they're in that same set that this fucking thing took place. Right. That's and, weird. And then you have apparently um, uh, Ant-Man showing up around that same time, right? Yeah. When so he shows up about that time. Then we have like shots of like Black Widow with red hair and a ponytail and like all these different haircuts and hairstyles. It's like, well, how many years does Endgame tra- like travel? Well, if it's like John Travolta, it only takes place within one year because he's changing his hair all the time. All the, well, maybe so. Maybe, maybe that is the case. Maybe it's all wigs. But I really was like thinking about it. I'm like, I think we're going to get a scene in which the Avengers go to like space right away based on just the fact that Captain Marvel's coming down real fast. Um, and shit goes to hell. It's a fucked up mission. It does not work. And they have to go back in time maybe or something like that. So yeah, here's my thought process on the only way I think Endgame can work with Captain Marvel is she shows up. They think they have their ace in the hole. They go after Thanos or whatever and shit goes bad and she fucking gets blown away. And then, yeah. and then she comes back in the resurrection of everyone else at the end. Because that's the only way this works because she's too powerful. She would fuck things yeah. up. Yeah, she would. So I, th- I, th- I think she shows up and she gets destroyed and it relies on the original Avengers to take Thanos the Anus down. Because I know the Russos have talked about this, about the overpowered heroes. They don't like them. And we know that like you just – this is – we want the core Avengers to be saving the day here. We don't want this character who just showed up to be the fucking hero of yeah. this saga. It doesn't make sense. So she's got to go down somehow. You're, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And that, I've read that interview as well with the Russo brothers. So you're kind of like, you're onto something there. And, um, I think you're right. Maybe what they, she takes from space and she gets blasted thinking that she can't be stopped and she's super cocky. And then they have to reevaluate again. Um, and they do do all that traveling. And I wonder because Endgame was shot or scenes with Captain Marvel, at least, were shot before she shot Captain Marvel. Like, she oh, shot really? Endgame as, as Captain Marvel before she shot anything for Captain Marvel. That's weird. Yeah. So, I'm wondering if that's even more to your point, because it's a lot like Infinity War, where you kill off, you know, phase three characters we've established. Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Wasp. Like, these are characters that were established in their films. Ant-Man the Wasp being the only film that the Wasp was essentially, quote-unquote, established. And then wiped out all in Phase 3. So that would make sense for even Endgame to end that way. And then, yeah, bring her back with everything. That's a really fucking amazing speculation. I also think it would be the best thing to do, too, because it would let her know that she's not this all-powerful being and she can be destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Because where does Captain Marvel 2 go? You know? I mean... (sighs) Kevin yeah, Feige talked about the movie about, ends with her flying through ships and destroying them in a single bound. Like, what what do you do after that? Even crazier, the movie ends with her in space, no helmet, no breathing apparatus at all, so she can just survive in space, and she's going light speed along with all the scrolls. Yeah, and she's going light speed outside of the starship. <sighs> I didn't even put that together. I, I think at that point I was just like, oh, it's over. Cool. Yes. 
So I was like, I was like, wow, that is an incredible character you have there traveling outside any ship through space, which is really common in comics, especially DC comics. And you see that a lot in DC TV shows. Silver Surfer. Yeah. You see these characters like in space, just flying around and dealing with it and living and not having any issues. And, and we haven't seen that yet in Marvel and we're going to probably start seeing that more in Marvel, probably especially DC if they go cosmos. But, um, it's weird in live action. It's like the Green Lantern. Like, it's weird in live action. It's not good in live action. No, it just doesn't look right. It looks cool on a page. And, yeah, when you're flying through space with your helmet off smiling, and like, oh, this is the it, best time ever. It looks weird. Yeah. I, I don't know why Superman works, but he's usually only, like, in orbit. In yeah, he's, he's just goes, he goes right to the outlier of Earth and just then he comes back down. He's not, like, zipping, like, out. Because even in uh, Superman Returns, the idea was that he traveled to where he thought, you know, Krypton was and where there may be in Survivors or whatever in a starship still. He was actually in a starship. The Richard Donner style starship. The whole like looked like crystals and crap. Yeah. Well, I think Avengers Endgame for me, um, I think one of the things that's interesting to me and just to kind of go a little off topic from Captain Marvel specifically is Tony Stark. I think absolutely Tony Stark and Nebula are right next to Nebulaer. I think the shot in the trailer where it shows the sun is uh has like some kind of like shadow reflection thing and it's actually changing like it looks like something's blocking some light i think that's like the the bands around nevidalier and i bet you he's like right there and him and nebula go and make that fucking infinity gauntlet you think so i think or, or go and talk to like Etri and like and, it would make sense i mean he can build shit like crazy so like maybe yeah, he Etri can build shit like crazy tony can build shit like crazy think about what tony could do with like a fucking like I don't really want to watch a movie, though, with fucking Tony and fucking Peter Dinklage. Damn it. Building something for like <laughs> Where's the Hansel? I don't want to watch them doing that for 40 minutes. Like, if you think if you think about Infinity War, like Thor making the hammer there for like her fucking axe there for like 30 minutes. That was horrible. But at least he came in and like fucking had a great entrance and the music. I think we're going to so get hard. that with Tony before My he dies. was fucking through the roof of the theater. It like always. Not. I was busy. I was busy doing all kinds of drugs in the handicapped stall of my theater for Infinity War during that scene, I think. Remember that? No. Cool Boy Nation, go listen to the Infinity War spoiler <laughs> cast. Um, I, I also – I really think that we're going to see Tony at Nevitalier because it mirrors – I think Endgame's the end of Tony Stark. I think that's the end. Oh, I, I think, think so for death. sure. It, it would make sense. So it mirrors Iron Man. I will cry. Right? He's in the Afghani cave trying to build a suit. Yeah. He goes to Nevitalier, trapped in a, you know, a dying star or whatever. Yeah, he's going to be out, though. We've seen pictures of him on the street, like, looking, like, different, like, with the old Captain America. I think that's, our, that's part of the time travel when they fuck up and, like, everything goes to shit in the first attack. Well, guys, the only thing I got from Captain Marvel was I can't wait for Endgame because I think that's going to be the movie I want to see. Well, Kevin Feige's mentioned for Captain Marvel that based on what's happening right now with the... Uh, uh, the numbers coming in for Captain Marvel, how much money it's made, and then also weighing in all the money that Endgame makes and who's actually like seen in Endgame as like fascinating, or you might be playing coy Noli because of what you just mentioned, the fact that maybe Captain Marvel's killed fucking super early on. But Kevin Feige has like talked about that, like you know, moving forward, there's a possibility that Captain Marvel could continue in the '90s, and that the second film is just like. Following where we left off. Yeah, maybe she dies. That'd be great. Yeah, and so we don't get like <laughs> to find out what happens to her beyond that. 
And then uh, we wouldn't be remiss if we didn't mention Stanley, who passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, this was his first live action. That's important because Spider Verse. This is his first live action cameo since, since his death. Uh, he died. Yeah, and my theater was uproarious is that even a word uproarious yeah that is when the marvel logo appeared and stan lee's and all those images like that was cool that was really cool that was awesome with all his little sayings and like him drawn by yeah i think ryan meandering um and then and then it was like cut to the live action shot my very lively theater audience was loving that and of course when his cameo came they like stood up and they were like clapping and the screen said thank you stan before the movie started people like stood up and clapped for that i was like god people really love stan Stan lee that's cool yeah, Stan Lee's awesome. I really like Stan Lee a lot. And I think maybe my favorite cameo was actually Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think that's like the I best haven't seen cameo. That yet, but honestly, it's a, it's a sad cameo because it was just after he died. Oh. And it, he says, uh, the suit always fits or something to that effect. And then he points to a sign that says, no refunds, no returns. And it's kind of like, oh, that's sad because he's dead. And did Stan Lee, though, have anything to do with Captain Marvel? I feel like he didn't. No. Because no. it's, like it's like a 90s or 2000s creation, right? Uh, no, with she Carol was, she's Danvers. old. With, Car- she, uh, with uh, Carol uh, Danvers, though. The version they're Carol- doing now, though, is like from like 2000. Like yes. Okay. So they based seven. most of this off of an of an, uh, a run that's going on like not long ago. Correct. But yeah, the, uh, Carol Danvers modern. and also Captain Marvel um, are like really old, like the yeah, 60s yeah, or yeah. some shit. Okay. Um, what do you think about the cameo, Mallrats? He's reading a script for Mallrats. Yeah, with Kevin. That's that, that would happen. And that was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So though, so wait. So Stanley, actually Stanley in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and also an informant for the Watchers. Yes, that's right. So what's going on? Hey, hey, don't put too I much. I love it. it. Don't put too I much. I love it. In. I hope. Here's my hope. I hope Endgame is his last live action cameo. Is it confirmed that he filmed his cameo for that? Yes. Okay. Cool. It's it's even it's even confirmed i think that he's filmed for spider-man far from home and potentially even like maybe one or two after i know when they brought him in they would film like 10 in one day yeah so yeah they got yeah they were doing large batches that's correct so they they started filming him back when james was there uh james gunn and they filmed a a, a huge batch then and they every time they got him they 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 any for a moment they filmed a whole bunch of scenes um i hope though even if they have more i hope that endgame is the end it would be a natural place to end doing stanley cameos yes all right well that's it wow wow our first episode without felk felk we missed you and we'll pray to you and we'll think about you up in your heaven dying from your butt aids quick cool boy ranking of all the mcu space films now we're only gonna do the films that took place or widely took place in space jesus christ so those films are going to be Thor, Thor the Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, and Captain Marvel. Rank I in, in, from, from, from your favorite, or no, from your least favorite to your favorite, the MCU space films. Bottom, um, Thor Dark World. Yes. Um, then maybe Thor. Okay. Then Captain Marvel. Okay. Then Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Then Thor Ragnarok. Then Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Infinity War. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, my number seven is Thor The Dark World. My number six is Thor. My number five is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. My number four is Captain Marvel. My number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. My number two is Thor Ragnarok. And my number one is Avengers Infinity War. So our list is the same? Or do we flip? Well, we flipped one movie. I think we just flipped one movie. I can't no, remember I what it was. No, I think we're the same. I think we're the same. Wait, are we the same? Do you have kept, You have Guardians of the Galaxy 2 over Captain Marvel? No, that's the only one. Okay, so you them. flipped that one. Um, and I could see that. I mean, what, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was fun the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I was like, maybe this isn't the best movie. But I still had fun. I don't think I had any fun in Captain Marvel. See, I had way more fun in Captain Marvel than I did with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mm-hmm. In a theater that didn't care about Captain Marvel. I was the only one. I was like, go girls. Even though Brie doesn't want me here because I'm a white man pushing 40. This movie's not made for me. But I liked it. Did you see this by yourself? I did. <laughs> you, you couldn't get anyone to go along with you? I can't get people to go with me. Are you kidding me? Nobody nice. wants to see movies with me. I'm not a good person to see movies with when I'm just in the movie theater going, This war is just the beginning. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. Cool Boy Nation, tell us what you thought about Captain Marvel by emailing us at thecoolboypodcast at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Be sure to like and subscribe to us at the Cool Boys Podcast. I don't care about whatever the fuck is written. See us at Patreon. Look at Patreon. I don't give a fuck what you do. It's content too hot to fucking air. You can find the Cool Boys at Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk is what Felk always likes to say, Noli. Aw, and that's Bizies from Ballard. So sad. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by I'm only happy when it rains. I'm only happy when it's complicated. I'm only happy when it sucks I'm only happy when it rains Get some cool boys So serious But you're freaking out